Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. There is a big painful, gaping hole in the soul of Western civilization, in a sense, in the whole world. Let's be honest. We're all feeling it. We're all concerned about it. We may not always understand it, but we're in times now where there is, there is an ache. There is a hole. There is something missing, and it's striking us all very deeply. We seem to perhaps be in a lot of trouble spiritually, which can translate into even physically, economically, politically, etc., I think we all know this in varying degrees. Sometimes we may not want to see it. It sometimes can be overwhelming. It's a hole. I call it the hole in the soul of Western civilization. In other words, it's a spiritual problem, ultimately, as all problems really are. We know that because all problems, sickness, evil, death, all that, everything bad in this world came into this world from original sin. Of course, tempted by the devil, human beings committed original sin, Adam and Eve. And so really, everything has this spiritual origin to it. The solution is not just physical or like, for instance, political systems, policies, psychologists or whatever. All, all those things help. They're all part of it. But unless we get to the root, understand what the source is, which is spiritual and provides a spiritual solution. We'll never really fill that hole. And it's an interesting question, a very big and interesting question. Where is all this going to go? How big will that hole become? How destructive will it be? I believe that that hole can be helped, at least helped in a big way, maybe even all the way in this time and age by the riches of the Eastern Catholic churches. Now, of course, I'm obviously a little bit biased because I'm an Eastern Catholic priest. Now, I want to be very clear about something. I'm being razor specific here, something like a doctor. When a doctor sees or diagnoses a sickness in somebody, an ailment, if that doctor can diagnose it, the doctor specifies it and then gives a specific remedy for that ailment. 
whether it's a therapy, it's nutrition, it's different life habits, it's medicine, some kind of pills, whatever. The doctor specifies the solution, the cure, the healing to the specific ailment. And that's how I'm talking right now. I'm not talking about the Eastern Catholic churches are better than the Latinite church, everybody else in that sense. I'm talking about a specific whole, which requires specific round peg, like a specific medicine. And in this day and age, I do believe that the Eastern, along with the church, especially the Eastern Catholic churches, can supply that medicine, can supply that round peg to fill the round hole. And this should not surprise us, because in the history of the church, especially the history of the church breathing with both lungs before the schism in 1054, and also afterwards in the form of the Eastern Catholic churches that were the Orthodox churches that reunited with Rome, in both cases, there was a mutual assisting of each other. The Latin Rite Church was of immense, immense assistance to the Eastern Catholic churches. In other words, during different times of history, the Latin Rite Church had the peg that went into the hole, whatever the holes were historically, of the Eastern Catholic churches. For example, we didn't have bishops at first when we came to America. We had to have a bishop if we were part of the Catholic Church, even though we were Eastern Catholic. So, the Latin Rite diocese stretched their resources, both bishops and their canon lawyers and so on, their chanceries, they stretched beyond their own limits, and they assisted and oversaw the Eastern Catholic churches until we got our own bishops, our own canon lawyers, our own chanceries. The Latin Rite Church had the schools for our Eastern Catholic children. The Latin Rite Church has the catechism, the Catholic Church, that helps bring clarity even for our Eastern Catholic faithful. I could go on and on about the ways that the Latin Rite Church, the Western Lung of the Church, has filled whatever holes were present in the history, the journey, the becoming of the Eastern Catholic Churches. So I can therefore rightly say that the reverse can be true. And again, we're talking about specific times, specific situations. We're not talking generically like, as, again, I want to make sure this is very, very clear because this program, the very charism of this program is about presenting the riches of the both lungs of the whole church, and as we say at the beginning of and the ending of every program, to work towards unity in the church. So we regard both lungs of the church as both very gifted. And we present those gifts to you. And of course, it's largely the gifts of the Eastern Catholic churches, because that's what we are. We're presenting the Eastern Catholic churches, primarily their gifts, but also in relation to the gifts of the Western lung of the church, the Latin Rite church. And so let us keep in mind, as I talk about this round peg solution here of the Eastern Catholic churches, let us keep in mind that there is a great deal of respect for the riches of both lungs of the church, and our goal here is unity. So we help each other out. It's like brothers and sisters, you know? Somebody has a difficulty, and the big sister might help out her little brother, or vice versa. That's all it is. It doesn't mean one or the other is superior. So what is happening specifically in our day and age? Because I'm talking about a specific hole in the soul of Western civilization, or you might like the analogy of the specific ailment that we need a specific remedy from the doctor. Well, one of those things is the lack 
of the sense of the transcendence of God and that mysterious aspect of God. The transcendence, in other words, the holy otherness of God has been very much lost, deteriorated. We have banalized so much. We have taken God, church, theology, doctrine, truths very, very casually. I'm talking about Western civilization. Yes, it has bled into the churches as well, but as a society, as a civilization in the West and pretty much the whole world, but more specifically the West is our concern, there is, first of all, an erosion of this sense of the holy other, of a God who is greater than we are, awesome, indescribable, that we defer to in a very big way. We bow to in humility. We surrender to. We rely on. We acknowledge that we are nothing, nothing compared to that God. We are helpless without that God. And everything we do has to be done through that consciousness. We have a tendency to be arrogant in the Western world because especially since the advent of the scientific era, where we began to see and be proud of ourselves of all that we can do as humans. We had different philosophies like the period of the Enlightenment, different kinds of even, even symphonies, the art and so on, began to promote this greatness of the human person. Like, look at what we can do. Yes, we are great in the sense that we are in the image and likeness of God, but we are not great. We are nothing compared to God. And what's happened in recent centuries in the Western world, especially in recent decades more and more, is this sense that we don't need God. We don't have to defer to anything or anyone, that we can essentially be our own God. We see that in a lot of our, in fact, even a lot of our governmental figures. Government seems to be overreaching, acting as though it can create or recreate the whole order of creation that we're in charge that's not how our founding fathers wrote the Constitution. It's not how they thought. And this arrogance detaches us more and more from the transcendent God. And that's why, and let's be honest, look around, tell me if you can find anything that is really working that well in our world today. What's happened to our school systems? What's happened in government? What happened to marriage and family? What's going on in the church What's going on in economics? What's going on in relationships between nations? Everything seems to be on a free fall to disaster. There are moments and areas of brilliance, yes. But in general, how are we doing? Everything is troubled. Everything is corrupted. We can't even get enough people to enter into or be accepted into our military. We are under-recruited as a military. It's in every aspect of Western civilization. And the primary reason, first and foremost, and one for which the Eastern Catholic churches and their example is and can be helped, is in this area of deferring, believing in a transcendent, superior, all-holy, all-knowing, yes, all-loving, all-powerful, transcendent God, and that we rely on that God and on what that God has revealed to us in terms of the divine created order. In other words, how things actually work, what the blueprint is, how did God design things, not us. When we come back, we're going to talk more about why I believe the Eastern Catholic churches and their spirituality may in fact be the round peg to fit in the round hole 
in the soul of Western civilization today. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Here is an update on the Fulton Sheen petition. We Catholics stand just inches from the goal line to have the saint we desperately need now, Venerable Fulton Sheen, publicly declared blessed. Yet new obstacles keep arising to delay this from happening. The Diocese of Peoria is now requiring the unanimous support of the U.S. bishops behind the beatification of Fulton Sheen before a new date is set for the ceremonial mass. This has never been necessary in the Church's history. The Fulton Sheen Movement's petition drive to set a new date soon for Sheen's beatification mass now has 10,000 Catholics from around the world clamoring for this. We need this voice magnified by hundreds of thousands more Catholics. And you can help us do that. Take action. Go to FultonSheenMovement.com and sign the petition and share it everywhere because everyone agrees that we need Blessed Fulton Sheen now more than ever. Bye now and God love you. I'm Matt Wilcom, director for the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, and you are listening to Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host. And I hope that if you are a Latin Rite Catholic, that you are understanding our message today. It has to be understood very, very well, because what we're talking about is the gifts of the Eastern Catholic Churches, which we're saying here, we're saying something very bold, very bold, I realize that, that they may very well have the round peg, as I call it, to fit into the round hole, to fill the round hole in the soul, the soul of Western civilization. And again, I want to emphasize, and I can't emphasize this enough, I'm not saying that the Eastern Catholic churches are superior to the Latin Rite or the Western Lung of the Church. And I want to emphasize again, as I said, throughout church history, there are times when both of us help fill the holes 
within ourselves. That's the beauty of the church breathing with both lungs. But now we're talking about the whole in Western civilization. It needs, as they said, first off, to return to rediscover the sense of God as the transcendent God, that we bow to something that is much greater than ourselves. We're so arrogant today. We don't need God. We think we can do it on our own. We can recreate the whole order of creation, make up everything on our own. We can't do that. We have to be completely subservient to God. We do our part. We do the best we can as humans, but with the idea that no matter what we do, there's a piece of it that always is a failure, never is perfect. And we need God. We need to depend on God ultimately for our solution. And to do things, to enact policies, laws, or whatever, through a sense of God, God consciousness. And the Eastern Church is very, very much that way. We're very, we, we sense and emphasize very strongly this transcendent, this holy other dimension of God. If you hear our prayers, you always address God in what I call the negative. We use negation words like God, you are ineffable, immeasurable, incomprehensible. Yes, God has revealed so much of himself to us, but let's face it, God lies so much beyond our little pea brains. He's infinite, omniscient. We are not. And so there's more that we can say that God is not than what he is. Because if we say what he is, it still falls short. Got to come up with another description because it's not adequate. And so what we do in the East is we, we do that by saying what he is not, by speaking positively, by speaking negatively, immeasurable, ineffable. These are ways in which we acknowledge the truth about God. The second principle is the sense of mystery. And this is related to the first one, transcendence. Mystery is a very strong term in Eastern Catholic spirituality. We live very much in the Eastern churches in the both and. See, our Western world, very rational, very scientific, very technical, it tends to compartmentalize things, dissect things. It puts things in categories, and this category cannot possibly be that category, and the two exist at the same time. We oftentimes do that in everything. Well, we turn things into a kind of a bipolar situation. It's this or that, and if it's that, and that's not good, well, there must be the other. So we swing the other way. We swing between poles a lot of times. The Eastern Church lives in the both and, where two complementary realities coexist together, and we just live in that confluence and accept it. We don't always understand. For example, how can we possibly understand that God is pure, infinite spirit, yet he's also taken on our flesh, that Jesus Christ is God and man? This is always the hard thing to understand throughout centuries in the church. That's what the heresies were about. Is Jesus Christ more man than he is God? Is he more God than he is man? Those were the heresies. The answer was always in the confluence of the complementarity. God is spiritual. He is God, divine, transcendent, and he is, became physical in the incarnation. In other words, as we say, the creator became the creature while still remaining the creator. He who was, whom not even the universe could contain was contained within the womb of a virgin. So how could you have these seemingly opposites reconciled together? Well, you can by embracing and living the word mystery. Mystery means something that is the ultimate meaning of something. You can't fully explain it. We can say that Jesus Christ is God and man, but we can't fully explain it, understand it, just like we can't explain a trinity. And we're very, very trinity conscious. How can one God be three persons? Doesn't that mean that we have three gods? 
No, three persons in one God, all the same substance, nature, and essence. It's a mystery. We understand some of it, but you just live it. You can't put it all in our heads. And when you live that mystery, you feel okay. You don't feel disturbed or confused. You just kind of bask in that mystery. So we need the sense of the mystery, and that mystery turns also into how we approach everything else in life. It's called the sacramental worldview. This is why in Eastern churches, we do a lot of things that have to do with blessing aspects of nature. We're actually very, very environmental. We're actually in the forefront of environmentalism, even though we're not an ism. We don't have to be part of a fad or a trend to be sensitive to the environment. We are automatically that way because we have a sacramental, mystical worldview. In other words, we see everything physical as participating in, pointing to, and revealing the spiritual. Everything reveals God in its own way. Nothing is just physical. In other words, we're not pragmatic. We're not utilitarian. And that's where our world is. It's very pragmatic. It's very utilitarian. Well, prove to me there's a God. Otherwise, I won't believe in it. You can't put God into a Petri dish under a microscope. You know, we have a very limited idea of proof. Oftentimes, ask people who want proof, what kind of proof do you want? There's different kinds of proof or things that basically you can conclude without actual proof. But no, they want the scientific, physical proof. They think you can prove everything that way. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. And that's a fallacy. And what that results in is all manner of injustice. Because if the physical world does not have a spiritual dimension, then it can be used and abused. And that includes the human person and the human body. So you see how important it is to look at things sacramentally, mystically? And that is one of the strongest aspects of Eastern Catholic spirituality. We go and we bless lakes. We bring water into the church. We bring fruits. We bring foods. We bring flowers and herbs and go out. We bless things all the time. We're very kinesthetic. We anoint people with oil often, blessing that oil. Anointing the sick is done often. It's not just during the time of death. It's not just last rites. It's also a healing sacrament. So it's done very often. When the priest hears someone's confession, it is face to face and he takes his part of his vestment, called the stikar, which the Latin rite would know as the stole, and he places it on the head of the penitent. So he actually touches the penitent, but not his hand. It's the stole representing Christ and the church. And then he puts his hand on top of that, the priest does, does the sign of the cross over the head of the penitent and pronounces the words of absolution. So that there's actually a physical dimension, even in confession, in the Eastern churches, that the forgiveness, the graces, can physically be known or felt by that article of the priest's vestment and his hand, which is put over top of the penitent. So it's very kinesthetic. It's very involved. It's always a matter of the physical and the spiritual being immersed in the mystery, so that the physical is never separated from the, its spiritual dimension. And that way, the physical retains its interior holiness and is worthy of respect. If you want to be good to the environment, you don't have to be an environmentalist. You don't have to be a so-called tree hugger, radical leftist, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you don't have to sit in protests. You don't have to spray paint valuable paintings in a museum to make your point. All you have to do is put on your sacramental mystical glasses, and you can see that the environment is worthy of respect and care because it reveals God. And when you do that, 
good things happen. We have plenty of food. We have the right kind of food, good food. We have the right kind of flow of water, less flooding. We have purification of water. We have the preservation of endangered species, which help the whole balance of the ecology of the world. All kinds of good things happen. And you can really enjoy the beauty of nature. All these things happen when you approach the environment with that sacramental worldview. You don't have to be part of some kind of movement or new age ideology or whatever. You just have to be truly Catholic. In a particular way, the Eastern Catholic emphasis on the environment. Did you know that one of the world's most renowned environmentalists is the Greek Orthodox Patriarch. He's in Turkey, in Istanbul, used to be Constantinople. He is considered to be, he's seen, whether he is technically or not, he's seen to be, in a sense, the first among equals among the Orthodox churches. He is a world-renowned environmentalist. Why? Because he comes from the Eastern spirituality, which has a strong emphasis on the sacramentality of the environment. There are many more reasons why the Eastern Catholic churches can be seen, as I see them, as the round peg that can fit into the hole, the sad hole in the soul of Western civilization. These are just a few. We'll talk about more another time. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. to Catholic Radio, I think, benefit most, at least initially, from what I call remedial catechesis. What Catholic Radio does is it uh, becomes an echo chamber for the teaching authority of the Catholic Church. And what we're doing is teaching many things which uh, have been neglected over the last 40, 50 years. If you listen to Catholic Radio, you know what the Catholic Church teaches. Al Cresta thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!